Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in Almighty God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I welcome back Jonathan Jenkins to the podcast. We're going to wrap up our series today. We've been looking at some lessons from what Peter had written. Uh, we did a two-part series on the lessons from 1 Peter, and we're going to wrap this study up today doing uh, one study from the book of 2 Peter. Jonathan and I have both just finished teaching 2 Peter at Georgia Christian School, so it's fresh in our mind, and we've been talking about it for quite a, quite a while now, and so we thought we'd get together and, and put this into one lesson. Of course, 2 Peter only has three chapters, but that doesn't mean it's not packed full of important information. Uh, just kind of recapping, reviewing where we've been in, in, lesson, uh, in the lessons from 1 Peter, we pointed out the idea of hope, and Peter is emphasizing, here's how you can weather the storm from without. But when you come to 2 Peter, the theme is knowledge and spiritual growth, and it's how you can weather the storm from within. It's all about increasing your knowledge of God's Word, knowing what His will is, and then doing your best, being diligent to grow spiritually. So that can certainly help us when we face the storms of life. And so we're going to look at some of our favorite passages, favorite lessons that we've learned. And again, our hope and prayer is that it can help you as well. Before we dive in, as always, I want to say a quick word about the Scattered Abroad Network. Uh, we appreciate so much your support and your prayers. Uh, if you haven't already, go and uh, subscribe to our Master Feed, wherever you get your podcast. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram, our website, scatteredabroad.org. Email us, thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. And again, we just appreciate uh, you so much for listening. And specifically for this podcast, I hope and pray that something that is said will help you to weather the storm that you may be facing in your life. So, Jonathan, we're going to begin. I'm going to start us off with 2 Peter 1, 3 through 4. And we emphasize verse 3 a lot, but there's there's some wording here that's really, really encouraging uh, that we want to start off with today. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. A lot to unpack. The first thing that jumps out to me is that statement, given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Notice the Bible does not say he has given us all things. That's not accurate, right? Not all these little wants that we have. That's not what it says. He didn't just give us the things that pertain to life, but he gave us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. And what is godliness? It's God-likeness. It's living like God. How do we do that? How has he given it to us? Well, through his word. We have the mind of God in written form, as Frank Chester said, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. This is the first time you find the word knowledge in 2 Peter. You're going to find it seven times in seven verses. And just in verses 1 through 8, it's going to jump off the page. But here he emphasizes knowledge and spiritual growth. Notice it says, which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious. Why didn't the Holy Spirit just say precious promises? Why didn't he just say great promises? It's very similar to Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Right? God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. It's to really emphasize the promises that we have awaiting us are not just precious. They're not just great and precious. They're exceedingly great and precious promises. That through these, through what? 
through these promises, you may be partakers of the divine nature. Why? How is this possible? Because you've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How do we know that? Because that's His divine power. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Here's how you Amen. are to live in this life, and here's how you can live forever in the next. So 2 Peter 1, 3-4 through 4 is, a, is a powerful introduction by Peter to this second epistle, but really focusing on those exceedingly great and precious promises will help us get through some very difficult storms. We think about the book of Second Peter. Obviously, when you introduce this, that's kind of a, a small introduction. But Jonathan, I'll turn this over to you because we've discussed uh, the Christian graces, and I know we both love that passage and love what it says. But when you read that to us, and and just give us your thoughts on how the Christian graces, when applied, can help us weather the storm. Okay, I'm going to begin just by reading verses five through eleven. Okay. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who likes these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to give your call, to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think building off of what was said there in verses 3 and 4, right. when we put these things in verses 5 through 11 into action, what's going to take place is an assurance mm -hmm. in our faith and in our walk with God that we're going to continue a fruitful journey. Exactly. Like we're going to continue to be fruitful in our work and do what we're supposed to be doing and that our work that we are doing won't be found in vain. Right. We'll continue doing the right thing. And in verse 10, it says, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. So you're going to have this promise that if you are walking in these things, uh, you can't slip up. Right. And if you continue in these things, you're going to have a kingdom, an everlasting kingdom as your reward. And really what you bring out is so important for us is the word if. You know, the condition, like you said, yeah. here are the Christian graces. Here is what God has delivered to us. Going back to verse 3, all things pertain to life and godliness. You apply these things to your life, and you will be fruitful. But if you don't, you will be barren and unfruitful. <laughs> you won't have the kind of knowledge that you need to get, through, get you through those storms. In verse 9 that you read a moment ago, he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. And he's forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. If I forget that, it's going to be hard for me to move on. Yeah. Right? I've got to have that assurance, like you said. And that's exactly the word I was thinking, too, is this gives us the assurance that if I do these things, according to verse 10, if you do these things, you will never stumble. Now, of course, we're not saying that the Bible teaches that, uh, hey, yeah, hey, we, hey, I'm never going to stumble ever. Yeah. That's, that's not what this means. What it means is you will reach 
the eternal goal that you just talked about there, the yeah. everlasting kingdom. You can be there, but these are the things you've got to apply to your life. First of all, you got to be in, in Christ. Yeah. You can't get there without him. But once you're in Christ and you start that process of growing, these are building blocks to your faith. It starts with faith. You got to start there, but then you got to add to it. American Standard says supply it. Yeah. So you supply all these things to your life. And like you were just reading there, I mean, it's so important to think about the fact that you've got to be even more diligent. Yeah. Why? Because there's storms that are coming. There's going to be difficult times to apply these, but you've got to be even more diligent to make your calling and election sure. There's that word assurance. You talk about weathering the storm, man. That 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 passage right there is super powerful. Uh, but the biggest word in the whole section is if. If yeah. you do these things, you'll never fall. What happens if you don't do them? You're in danger of falling and losing your salvation. The contrary, yeah. It, it like you said a while ago. It's not that we're ever going to be sinlessly perfect, but the promise is that if I continue in these things, then I'm at least going to be on the right path. Yeah. I'm not going to be on a separate path and going in the wrong direction. I'm going to be going in the right direction. There are going to be some hiccups along the way. Sure. Romans 3.23. Right. I'll fall short of the glory of God, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and so here's the deal. I know that there's going to be come times when I'm not necessarily going to make the mark, but if I'm continuing to practice the things written in verses five through 11, I have an assurance right. that I'm going to end up where I need to be. As, and really goes back to what Jesus said about the disciples. My father's glorified when my disciples bear much fruit mm. and I can't bear the kind of fruit God wants if I'm not able to apply these things. So they build off of each other. You've got to have faith. That's your starting point. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But then look at the growth. Faith to knowledge to virtue. Here's how you put that knowledge into practice. Hmm. To self-control. Now I know what God wants me to do. Now I've got to control myself. Well, then perseverance. i got to keep on controlling myself. Hmm. And then if I can do that, then I can be more like God. And if I'm more like God, then I'm going to be loving. And ultimately, that's the goal. First John 4, right? God is love. He who loves, loves God and loves others. So Peter is really hitting the nail on the head here about knowledge and spiritual growth. Yeah, You've got to start here, but you've got to keep moving forward. Jonathan, I think for our audience, that might be the best takeaway from this is when you go through a storm, regardless of how heavy it may be, keep moving forward. Get up. Get up and keep going. That's right. What was it that Rocky said? That's it, man. I know you was about to bring a Rocky reference in. Yeah, I was right there yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, Rocky said that, you know, when you get knocked down, it's not about how hard you get hit, and, and, and but it's about getting back up. That's it's right. ma making sure that you get back up. That's what makes the difference. That's right. Uh, it's going to hit, and it's going to hit hard. But when it does, we've got to make sure that we have the right mindset to get back on track and do the right thing. That's right. Go on that one more round. Yeah. Call the difference in your life. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> That's it, man. He was he was on it, but Peter was on it long before Stallone said it. No doubt. No <laughs> keep doubt. keep moving forward. Keep going that one more round. Stay on your feet. Yeah, you're going to stumble. You're going to fall. You're going to mess up. But if you apply these things, going back to 1 John 1, 7 through 9, walking in the light is not about sinless perfection. Mm -hmm. It's about that faithfulness because a part of walking in the light is when you mess up to confess it. And God is faithful and just to forgive you. So, a lot of connections there, but I appreciate you reading that and sharing some thoughts with us. Now, the next one that we want to jump to is in Second Peter chapter 2. And so Jonathan and I are going to take uh, a lesson from each chapter apiece here in this episode. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, Then the Lord knows 
how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust under punishment for the day of judgment. Jonathan, you said it last episode when we were recording that the reward, there's a reward for the faithful, but there's also a reward for the unfaithful, the ungodly. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what we're reading here, too. This shows the righteous judgment of God. The godly, he can deliver them. The ungodly, punishment. It's your choice. It's not that the people shake their hand in, in the face of God and say, how dare you do that? How could you do that? God says, listen, I can deliver you, but you got to be willing to, to you got to be willing to meet the conditions. When you think of the context of this, going back, it talks about Lot. It talks about Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And that's exactly, you think about what happened there. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. He was with Lot. Mm. Lot was surrounded. The Bible says it vexed his soul being around all the wicked. What happens to us today in 2023? If anybody caught a glimpse of the of the Grammys of the night, I didn't watch them, but I've seen a lot of the pushback. Everybody dressed up like Satan and bowing down and, and doing all that. That's the world we're in right now. Yeah. That's what we're going through. You think about Lot. He was surrounded by so much ungodliness. Remember what Abraham prayed? Yeah. What if I find 50 righteous? All the way down to 10. You got to be really wicked as a, as you know a location to not even have 10 faithful people. And think about Lot and his family. So really, just less than 10. He couldn't even find those. So the Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. He delivered Lot. And also to reserve the unjust under punishment. It could be a real storm for us to look at the wicked prospering. You know, man, they've got it good. Maybe I should just give up this Christianity and live like them, live it up. They got it going on. Yeah. That could be a real bad temptation. I just jotted a few of these down. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. He delivered Lot. He delivered Joseph. He delivered Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the list goes on and on and on and on. The Lord has proven, and he has, over and over and over again, the Lord has proven that he's there for his people. He will deliver his people. So there might be some temptations. There might be some storms that we think there's no way out of this. God says, yes, there is. Yeah. Yeah. And if I can add one more to your list. Go ahead. God delivered us. Amen to that. He delivered us. If we once we surrendered to His will and obeyed the gospel and continued faithful therein, we have this promise. Uh, this promise that we do not have to face the torment. We do not have to worry about a, an eternity separate and absent from the Lord. That's right. But we have this assurance, and we have this promise that we've been delivered from all of that, and God has taken care of us. Okay. He will deliver right. those who are faithful. He will. And he's proven that over and over again. It's it's going to happen. And thanks be to God, we've we've got such a loving God who says, "Here's what I'm. Here's what I've done for you. Yeah. Here's what I'm doing for you. Here's what I'm gonna do for you. What about what are you gonna do for me?" Second Corinthians one ten. God who had delivered us, who does deliver, and we trust will still deliver. That's right. Past, present, and future deliverance. God offers it. We just have to meet those conditions. So that can help us when we're going through a storm. Yeah, this storm is rough. Yeah, this temptation is it keeps raising its ugly head. But the Lord knows how to deliver us. He That's will right. provide a way to escape that we may be able to bear it. First Corinthians 10, 13. And that, that really connects here with 2 9. So that's a passage I try to keep in mind uh when the storms storms come my way. Yeah, are the our is our focus on the waves or the one who controls the waves? There you, you go. Know, like it's it, we have to keep our focus on him. And when we do, 
it, we never come out uh, on the bad side of things. Right. Never. Do it his way and it'll be right. Yeah. I had a, one of my verses was chapter one going back. So we are going to yeah. kind of jump back, but uh, verses chapter one, verses 16 through 21. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just, I'll begin reading and then we'll make application. Okay. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For we received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns that the, and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. I love this. Mm-hmm. Peter brings back to our attention that he was there. Yeah. He said, we heard the voice, verse 18, we heard this voice from which from uh, from heaven when we were with him on this holy mountain. It was confirmed to him that this was this was the Christ. He was the one. He, he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, my beloved son. Right. But then also we have this confidence after reading this that the word that he gave, we can trust in. That's right. So we have this prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, knowing this, that no scripture is of any private interpretation. What does that mean? That means that there is no way, shape, form, or fashion that we can take from this what we think it means for ourselves. There is one interpretation. There's one meaning and one purpose for the whole thing from Genesis to Revelation. And it's up to us. It's our responsibility to find it says there in verse 21, for prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So the one common denominator in all those men that sat down and with a pen in their hand to write down the word of God was the Holy Spirit leading them. Of course, they wrote it in their own words. Yeah. But guess what? It is the word of God because it was God. It was breathed out by God. Exactly right. And And they just put it. They put it down on paper as obedient vessels. That's right. And really, going back to that thought about any private interpretation, these men just didn't sit around and say, hmm, I'm going to come up with this and write it. Yeah. Like Isaiah. How in the world did Isaiah write about not only the birth of Jesus, but where he'd be born? He'd be born of a virgin, Isaiah 7:14. The manner of his life, Isaiah 53. How did he know that? 700 years before Jesus was born. Because God breathed it. That's it. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God, First yeah. Corinthians two nine to thirteen. Yeah. So your point there is is really important that we can have confidence in our Bibles. Yeah. And it, isn't that what he said? We have the prophetic word confirmed. It's confirmed. We have confirmation. Yeah. And we do well to heed to it. That's it. <laughs> we 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 can know that we're not following cunningly devised fables. Neither did Peter, the apostles, the prophets. We are following. That which God spoke. We, we are following the God-breathed word. Once I realized, or, or, you know, I just came to the understanding, and first and foremost, that once I established biblical authority, and I put the authority, I, and I recognized that God was the one who 
created this word and it was perfect and it was right. Then after that, it was easy for me to see what I needed to do to become a Christian. It was easy for me to see how it was that the church operated. It was easy for me to see what it was that were my, what was the church's expectations. Uh, it was easy for me to see how the church came about and it, it becomes so easy once we just realize, okay, he is the author. He's the author. It's not up to me to make my own private interpretation. It's not up to me to see what this means mm -hmm. to me personally. Um, and, and it's not up to me to sit here and side with a man's opinion about it. What happens is I have to then realize that if this is truth, and I believe that it is, yeah. verses 16 through 21 tells us that there is a, what, there's, there's a source that we can trust in, and that source is the Word of God. Sure. I don't have to worry. I don't have to see, okay, well, I remember when I first met you, Drew, and, and you and I were talking and I told you I was a Christian at the time. I said, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm looking for a church and uh, because I, I'm trying to find out where I fit in. I told you I'd been to this denomination and this denomination and this denomination. I just didn't see which one fit for me. And, mm -hmm. and you said, well, what if I could show you the word of God and let's just obey it? Because that's what the church of Christ, the one in the Bible does. And, and, and I remember I was like, okay, well, let me see what this is all about. And then the more I got into studying it, the more I realized after giving God the authority that he deserves by trusting in his word and knowing that he's not going to lead me astray, yeah. all I had to do was just take the word at, at word value. Right. That's it. Yeah. I mean, at face value. But it, it's, I don't need the opinions or the, the bylaws of man or the creed books that might be offered or the manuals that might help us or the catechisms that I don't need all of that. Why? No. Because I have the word of God and I have its perfection. And if we can hold the word of God and it's perf in its perfection in our hands and, and search through it, there's nothing else that's ever necessary. No, that's right. So if you're weathering the storm of your faith and you're trying to figure out where it is that you should put it, always remember right here, put it into the word of God and you can never go wrong. That's right. Stick, stick with the word. And that was what was told to Joshua. We took over from Moses, you know, yeah. be a doer of this word. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. James, of course, echoes that. James one twenty two. You stick with the word. Uh, hiding in your heart that you might not sin against God. First verse we had to memorize yeah. in Memphis. Yeah. Um, and rightfully so. That's one that we need to think about. But that's, those are some great, great thoughts. And, uh, like you said, you just stick with you stick with what the Bible says. It'll make you spiritually complete. According to Second Timothy three seventeen, we don't need anything else. And I'm thankful that I'm, I don't have to depend on man for my salvation. Amen. Now, let's depend on the author of eternal salvation. <laughs> it was you Jesus, got that right? Uh, and His words will judge us in the last day. So this is a great reminder. I'm glad you used that text because that's a great reminder for us when we go through that storm and we're doubting and we're questioning things. Stick to the word. Just go with what the Bible says. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. And trust that this will lead us where we need to be. Psalm 119, 105. Well, Jonathan, I've got one more, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. I've got 2 Peter 3, 9. This, of course, in the context of the end of the world. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. I remember Gary Colley, the late brother Gary Colley, he, he said, it doesn't say promises, plural. And the point is, he's talking about this promise. Just like he prom that promise to Noah, I'm going to send the flood. And what do the people do? Where's it at? In the yeah. same breath in 2 Peter 3, the scoffers are saying, where's the sign of his coming? Where's he at? And then Peter says, they willfully forget 
that the, by the word of God, Genesis 1-9, here comes the water. By that same word, the earth is going to be destroyed by fire. So the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slack, as some translations say slowness. But, and this is what's so comforting to me, is long-suffering toward us. Who is Peter writing to? He's writing to Christians. That's right. Those who have obtained light precious faith. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We might be going through a storm. And we might be thinking, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen if if today were my last day on earth. If I were to die, you know, I, I really don't know where I'm going to be. We can know that that God is going to keep his promise. God who cannot lie has promised us eternal life. Titus 1-2. It is impossible for God to lie. Hebrews 6, 18. He is long-suffering toward us. Yeah, I've been thinking this a lot lately. I'll be honest with you. When is the Lord finally going to say, that's it? I'm done. Because in the days of Noah, that happened. Yeah. Now, granted, Noah found grace in the eyes of God, and God was able to, to save Noah and his household through the ark. But when you think of what's going on in our world today, now, granted, there's more than eight righteous souls in the world today. I'd like to think. Right. At that point, it was so bad, literally, there were eight in the entire world. But when you see the status of our world and our society, how godless it's become, makes you wonder. And here's your answer. Why hasn't, why hasn't the world ended yet? Because God is long-suffering toward us. Man, His love. His love and His, his long-suffering. Love. I, want, I want to give you a thought. I heard a preacher say this, and it made me just stop in my tracks. God wants you to be in heaven more than you want to actually be there. Wow. And we talk about, man, I want to be in heaven. I want to live with God. He wants you there more than you, more than you want to go there. And he's proven that. He's gone to great lengths. Romans 5, 6 and following. Yeah. He's demonstrated his love for us. He gave us the most precious thing that he had. And that was his son, his only begotten son. He has gone to great lengths, preserved his word, blessed us beyond measure in, in Jesus. Look at all that he's done. And yet, he's still long-suffering. Why? Because of his love. He doesn't want anybody to die. And people are so misled about God. And they say, how could a loving God do this? When you think of just the fact that we have another son coming up, that's a testament to his long suffering and love. Uh, amen. You know, every day that we're able to live, he doesn't want anybody to perish. He wants all people to come to repentance. First Timothy 2 4, yeah. who desires all men to be saved, coming all the truth. So that verse right there keeps me going. God is long suffering toward me. And I'm thankful for that. Right. He suffered very long with me. And those of, those of us who are faithful, that's what it does. I mean, the, these yeah. verses like this, they give us comfort. But for those of you, uh, for, for those who are not faithful, maybe it's the case that you're, you're listening in, in today and your life isn't where it needs to be. After hearing about the patience of God and the love that he has for us that's so strong, what are you going to do about it? Right. What are we going to do about it? Are we, gonna make, are we just going to let it slip and, and keep pretending like it's not enough? Because that's what happens. That's mm-hmm. exact. That's essentially what we're saying is that what Christ did wasn't enough. Yeah. When I don't bow to His and, and, and submit to His will, I'm literally saying that everything that Jesus went through and all that God made available to us, it's garbage. That's right. But I can't say that. Why? Because 
of everything that I see he has done. And the more we open up the Bible, the more we dive into the scripture, the more it's confirmed to us as Christians that we cannot just abandon this course. Right. There's no need. uh, There's no way. Why? It's, it's just one of those things you got to keep going. When you know the power of God, it's just, it's one of those things that just keeps you coming back. That's right. His power, his long suffering, his patience, his love, the peace he offers to us. Yeah. I mean, look at what he look at what he has in store for us. Uh that'll help us weather the storm for sure. Uh, Jonathan, we're gonna let you finish us finish us out here. And I've enjoyed these episodes with you and uh hope our hope our listening audience has been blessed by this. I know that that I have just studying with you and been able to learn from the word of God more. We're gonna close out, Jonathan, with the very last verse of Second Peter. And so read that for us and, and let's let's discuss that as we wrap this episode up. Second Peter three and verse eighteen says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. Grow. There's an obligation. <laughs> yeah. There's it's a challenge, it's an obligation, and it's a command. It Continue is. to keep on going. Keep on keeping on. And grow where? In the grace and in the knowledge. So grow in grace. That means exercising exercising grace. I need to look at my brothers and sisters who are struggling and reach down and pull them up just like he, uh, just like Jude said. Mm-hmm. Pull them out of the pull fire. The fire yeah. We've got to look to our brothers and sisters who are struggling, exercising grace and not keeping our noses up in the air, but seeing those situations in our life to exercise grace, but then also keeping ourselves in the word of God, growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as well. Every time I open up the Bible, I learn more about who he was and, and what he did every time. And I'm never sorry for it. No, no. You know, what's interesting, uh, kind of bring it full circle. Yeah. First Peter and second Peter, how's he end it to him be the glory. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Three words start with the letter G there. It wraps it up. Grow, grace, and glory. Amen. <laughs> you keep growing. Look at what God has done for you. Look at the grace. Look at the knowledge he's imparted. Going back to 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. And it's all about bringing glory to God. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10. So Peter closes out this the second epistle. And again, it's about knowledge and spiritual growth. And there may be some listening today, you've just kind of hit a, a dead end spiritually. Or maybe you're in a spiritual drought. Here, here's how you can get out of it. You keep on growing. You rely and you trust in the grace that is sufficient. And the knowledge of Jesus, like you said, learn more about him every time you open up the word. And remember that everything we're doing, whatever storm we face, when we weather it the right way, we can bring glory to God forever. Amen. Jonathan, I appreciate you, brother. Uh, I'm thankful that we've been able to to share this. Pretty awesome. That now we're right down the road. We can do this. Yeah, it's been a blessing, man. Well, thank you for being on. And, and again, to our audience, we appreciate you listening. We hope these lessons from First and Second Peter will help you uh, to weather the storm. And we do pray that, that God will bless you in a special way. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.